0: To Jack,
1: Bros. To Jack Bros. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Two Jack Bros. Thank you. I am Sydney. This is Ansley. Hello. And we have a guest today, none other than the Ian Fidance.
0: Hey, thank you guys for having me, man. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I love your home.
1: Oh, thank, thank you. you. Yes, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, we like it.
0: Yeah. We like it. It's cool.
1: So before we get started, I have to say, do all the things that you do to show love to a podcast that you support. Subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. It helps the most. And also, join our Patreon. Uh, this podcast that you're going to witness right now is is the above. Our Patreon is below as above is below. Mm. So you got to come check us out down there. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To Jack bros after dark. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what you call it? Yeah, it gets a little. It's a little. So I like that. I mean, if it's you don't like know, a porn. We... I saw when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people are really just tuning in, hoping. Yeah. I, hope I also tried to, to
0: jack my bros after dark. <laughs> yeah. and that didn't work out too
1: well. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Ian, do you know what we do here on this podcast?
0: No. Good. You told me to come in blind. Hell yeah. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, so basically what we do is we take our guests through the process of reaching enlightenment by opening up their chakras from the ground up. whoa, so that you know we can learn a little bit or get get close to a higher consciousness through you, right? Hell, yeah, and the whole premise is to prove that like people with a dark sense of humor can also reach a higher consciousness, yeah, All right? I love that. yeah, Yinz into it, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Open Ian's me answer. up. Hell good. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Chakra me. So, before we get started, the, cr- the first question we like to ask everybody is uh, Ian Finance. Yes. What situation or experience has given you the most information in life?
0: Hmm. What situation has given me the most information in life? Information how? Like immediate Knowledge or a slow drip throughout the year. We ask the question and back off. Oh my god! It's however,
1: however it comes, however it hits you.
0: I mean, I I don't know where to um to distill it to just one experience. Hmm. I, I, I will
1: eventually ask you that question. I, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah.
0: You're not the only jack bro in the room. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've I've had so many different experiences that have given me like. Knowledge, I guess. I mean, I guess in a roundabout way, you're asking about like the most uh, impactful experience, I guess. If that's the way and, you take uh, it, I, I mean, I would have to say, I mean, my my father died when I was eight, and uh, that's definitely impacted me the most, but given me the most knowledge in the sense of, um, hmm, kind of more of an understanding of of things like when someone says to you like you won't un- you'll understand when you're older like mm-hmm. that's like the classic example of that like things will make sense with this when you're older and at the time you don't recognize or realize or can really learn things from it until you're like old enough to even process it but i i, I mean like i don't know that impacted my knowledge and point of view on things but at the same time another thing that has impacted and shaped my view of things i mean that's definitely shaped how i look at things the way i i process information through the lens of like you know uh is it as bad as your father being ripped away (laughs) no well then i don't really think it's that big of a deal but then at the end of the day it's also like that's very subjective on my part but that must make you almost
1: intolerable at points. (laughs) No, 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 nothing is as bad as that.
0: No, that's my like internal. I don't throw that on other people. I keep that to myself of, of like when, when I, if I get upset or mad at something, I'm like, is it really that bad? Is it really worth me? Whatever. But I also think something that I learned a lot from was just uh, the experience of getting sober. And like, I've learned through my personal experience that people can very much t- change and to never discount someone based on who they are in a certain moment, because we, I know through my experience, people are going through a very specific thing to them at certain points. And as a an outsider, I don't know what they're going through. And I know that because I've gone through so much mm-hmm. and that has taught me knowledge, acceptance, understanding. And I think those two things are very, uh, they meet at the intersection of my, I guess, like view and understanding of the world around me.
1: That's pretty sick. He's perfect for this podcast. Actually.
2: I know. I know. I have so many questions already. Oh yeah. wow! Wh- did your did your journey or your struggle with drinking was that directly tied to dealing with aftermath of losing your dad?
0: I I think subconsciously, yeah. um, but I don't think that it was a. Um, choice I made, you know, to like immediately escape. But drinking did allow me to deal with it emotionally in a way that I couldn't or didn't prior without drinking. Drinking allowed me to access emotions that I had to for my own self-preservation, push down, not deal with, you know, and the, the alcohol and drugs allowed me to feel it in a way, but to also escape from the reality of that feeling.
1: Yeah. Were, you, were you like a bipolar addict? Like, f- like super fun guy, super cry guy? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. I used to get hammered at parties and grab people. And be like, do you think my dad's proud of me? And they're like, bro, we asked you to... Get us a beer, (laughs) you know. Come back with the heaviest question of all time. (laughs) Just hand us a solo cup and leave, you fucking freak. So yeah, it was definitely a couple. You know, call me a swing set because I was swinging around, baby. Call me a playground because I was swinging.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's cool. I mean, and (laughs) you—hey, is it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all your friends stuck around yeah for the most part i mean yeah. like, the comedy friends that i know that we all have in common
0: yeah you know I mean? yeah yeah like, and, and my i was just at a wedding last night of uh, a guy i've been buddies with since oh my god we were like 13 14 yeah. 12 and two of my friends there we've been friends since we were like 10 so that's like what 27 years um and so they yeah I mean the literally the the guy I whose house I stayed at last night his son is like my nephew you know he's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. bro you know what I mean he literally like had to knock me out to get me in a car to take me to a hospital and he like took my vodka away we like fought in my kitchen he punched me in the hospital and oh, like yeah. you know Dude, that's a real friend. The Yeah. the uncle to yeah. his son <laughs>
2: Dude,
0: shout out to that guy he's the fucking yeah. man yeah so they for better or worse they they stuck by me and you know my friends in comedy too we've all put each other through the ringer but we're all still friends you know and i i think um I don't know that. I think that speaks to me, but more so speaks to the company I keep. That I, I I'm fortunate enough to have really understanding, loyal people around me. You know.
1: Yeah, you also hang out with a lot of black people. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yep. Black yep. people can tolerate a lot of shit. Uh huh. <laughs> yep.
0: And they don't really let you tolerate it because you'll be like, "I'm going through this." Like, all right, now keep your head up and then I'll just move on. I'm
1: like, what about my feelings? No, <laughs> cut him off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. So, I mean, you already distilled the information into into the, the, the lesson, or mm-hmm. well, not the lesson, but what you learned. So, I can't even, I don't need to ask you that question. Yeah. So, we're going to get right into opening up these chakras. Mm-hmm. All right. So, we're going to start with the, uh, the bottom chakra, which is the survival chakra, which is located in your butthole, Ian. What? Yes. <laughs> I've definitely had to access that to survive <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Anthony, you want to take this question?
2: Yes. Uh, Ian, how did you learn to overcome fear?
0: How did I learn to overcome fear? I think that's a lesson I keep learning um, because fear never goes away. I think it can be dealt with. The best way to go through fear, to overcome fear, is to go through it and to get to the other side. Mm. To be uncomfortable, to get to that place of comfortability. And that's a lesson of thing I have to keep going through because fear will always crop up you know it's not like you deal with it one day and it's just gone mm-hmm. right. you know it's something that can come up in many different forms and I think in knowing that and dealing with it I can now recognize it when it exists so like in a situation I can actively say like I may need a cigarette before I say you know I may need to like cool off and just process but I can be like hey I'm living in fear right now, which is why I'm acting this way. And I'm fearful of this. I'm fearful of that. I'm feeling this. And that allows me to like, see it, recognize it and process it and put it aside rather than letting that fear rule my actions and behaviors and just being a whirling dervish, you know, spinning around, knocking things over. Like I, I used to be that way and now I can kind of, slow the spinner around and be like okay why am I spinning why is this okay I'm feeling fear I'm feeling anxiety I'm feeling this and then I can look at that and then kind of parse it together and then go go through it but it comes back but Mm -hmm. I just know how to deal with it better now you know
1: can you remember when you were the most scared and actually before you answer that I kind of cracked up laughing at the idea of ansley trying to say whirling dervish <laughs> <laughs> can you whirling say whirling dervish all right but there you heard is. two people say it <laughs> back. Like if she would have tried to like access that uh-huh. it would have been like three minutes <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> When <derly laughs>
2: werbish is.
1: access your darling
0: <laughs> werbish chakra
1: yeah so when uh, did i feel what what the most can you remember the situation where you were the most scared
0: no oh, man
1: um scared how Ooh, good question. Mm. Answer that for us. <laughs> mm. um,
0: feeling the most scared. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have felt f- being scared and fear comes and goes. You know, mm. like, I mean, to this day, I still get scared if... My mom doesn't pick up the phone, and I'm like, oh, she's dead. My mom is dead. She's gone, you know. Or if, like, I call someone and they don't pick up, I, like, immediately my first thought is, like, dead. And that's, you know, a scary feeling, you know.
1: I, I had that as well when I called you and you didn't answer the phone. Oh, yeah. I was like, I fucking killed you in five Yeah. What am yeah. Yeah, doing? yeah. There what it am is. What am I doing with this dumb podcast? There it is. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I, the most scared, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I. The most like immediate prickly like like rat in a corner scared, uh, being in jail like <laughs> what? Th- like that's a very scary feeling I kept you know thinking,
2: like the fear that like made your butthole pucker the most and I'm like yeah that might be it yeah <laughs>
0: being in jail How or long like you in jail I I never stayed long just like overnight <laughs> just, <or laughs> yeah just
1: visiting. multiple occurrences yeah yeah
0: visiting. yeah it was just like overnights. Uh, in jail and that's like very scary and that's made me you know empathize a lot more with people that have been locked up or you know going away for a wh- it's i i wouldn't wish that on anyone it's so oh god it's fa- and i was only in there 24 hours i couldn't imagine a lifetime or even like a, a year or whatever oh god were
2: you in a holding pen or were you in like a like um, I was like
0: in a pen with yeah, a bunch of yeah. dudes. Yeah. So h-
1: how, how many occurrences of an overnight stay in jail did you have before getting sober?
0: <laughs> oh, I had them, got sober, drank again, had him again. <laughs> <got> sober, <laughs> you know, I mean, a, a big, a big scary feeling is not knowing if you can ever quit drinking, like drinking, wanting to quit, not knowing if you can. You know what I mean? Like that's incredibly scary, you know, like going through withdrawal, Alcoholic withdrawal and like being like am I gonna die? Like if if I don't drink again, I could seize out like Yeah, what is going to happen to me? My life is ruined everyone hates me What the fuck everything is piling up against me, you know, that's a really scary feeling That's like a butthole puckering, Yeah, you know, like I gotta make some changes or else I'm gonna die. This is yeah. gonna you know. be a
1: very easy episode. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm so excited about this. Yeah. So uh if you could though for us, because like Ainsley and I have never spent a night in jail, like what, mm-hmm. what was the scariest part of that? Um <clears throat> Did you
2: sleep at all? Like, do you
1: at, at my first time
0: in jail, no. Yeah I stayed up the entire <laughs> night. But then afterwards I was like, all right, here are a couple tricks. Uh, <laughs> but uh no, the the first time time i spent the night in jail i like i stayed up the entire time i was freaked out i was scared everyone seemed to know each other (laughs) and i was like the outsider there also i was the only white so like that alone and also i didn't know anyone and they all knew each other and i was very scared and nervous because i had a job interview the next day And I kept going like, when do you think we'll get out of here? I have a job interview. I have a job interview. And they were just be like I don't the white. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a white job interview. <laughs> um, and like I didn't know when I was gonna see the judge. I didn't know when a lawyer was gonna come, all these other people were getting called, and you're like, Well, how long have you been waiting? How long have you been waiting? <laughs> and I'm like, and you're doing like the jail math in your head, you know, and um Dude, it, it was wild. Like, every time a guy would go to the cage, see his lawyer, and get out, he, they'd open the cell, he would leave, and everybody would be like, stay up, fam, I right, see you, blah, blah, <laughs> bye, Kenny. You know, you like, they all knew each myself. other. <laughs> yeah. And then, when I left, fucking this guy goes, <laughs> he goes, good luck at the job, and if you faggot. <laughs> they're all like, ah! And I was like, ah. Uh, uh, uh. I was like the job interview guy because I kept being like, am I going to make it? Like I was so nervous, so scared. Oh so, you know, I I added that to my little algorithm. So the next time when I went to jail, I beep, boop, 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 computed, uh, you know, don't open your mouth. And, uh, I popped off to one guy and uh, I thought I was going to um, have to. I thought I was getting my ass kicked, but we smoothed it out and I ended up giving him my sandwich to cool it over, but yeah, it was, uh, it it was a little like contentious for people. a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, never mouth yeah. off to a crackhead in a jail cell <laughs> at fucking five in the morning.
1: <laughs> it's also funny to me how uh, black people can make an absolutely positive thing the most embarrassing thing in your life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: And such an incredibly negative thing into just a hoot and hollering good old yeah. family reunion fun time. You know? Like, we're literally in jail and they're all like, you know, enjoy it, like hanging out, having a good time, just talking, spreading gossip, you know? Meanwhile, I'm there like,
2: well, oh, can, can I have another orange? <laughs> Please. Is the toilet in the corner of the cell?
0: No, the, the toilet's right it, it's against a wall. Yeah. But there's no uh um there's no hiding that dick. There's no <laughs> hiding it. Yeah. And you know, this guy one one time this guy was like having to take a shit and he was like, Where do I go? And he's like, right there. And he's like, I can't go in front of everyone. And the
1: guy's like, You better learn. <laughs> I feel like I'd be constantly making excuses for my dick every time I went to the bathroom. Like, listen, I, I, I know you see what you see, but I'm very strong and athletic. <laughs> like, this, uh-huh. doesn't, this doesn't represent me fully. Uh-huh. I also study hard. <laughs> oh my god,
0: dude! I, I, the last time I was, I, I spent the night in jail. It like really evolved. There was a kid that was crying like for for the um nurse or was like i don't belong here man I'm, I'm-. I'm like, anime man, I'm, I'm drunk on two, they don't belong here. And these guys like, it's all right, young boy, it's all right. Just just breathe, just breathe. They were like coaching them through and serving, <laughs> like, you pussy. I was yeah. like, this is beautiful. Yeah. And that was my mistake saying that out loud. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> oh, this motherfucker believes in beauty and yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is a real moment, huh, fellas? <laughs> Why are you taking your pants down? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was awesome. That is a fear chakra unlocked. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just moving right along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to hop into the next chakra. The next chakra is the pleasure guilt chakra located in the pelvis. Mm. to take it away.
2: So um, this is a segment we like to call My Bad. Oh. So it's a chance for you to give an apology to a person, place, or thing in the universe in order mm-hmm. to set your karma back to neutral mm-hmm. so you don't you know it's not necessarily an apology that anybody or thing is ever going to hear but it's just a chance for you to get something off your chest oh hmm.
0: Like a confession to a priest, the yeah. whole world will hear. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. One hundred percent. Completely yeah, yeah. the antithesis yeah. of what confession is. Confessed it to it, unqualified it, yeah, yeah, smart Yeah. yeah, cards. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um an apology I wanna make
1: mm-hmm. to the world. Any any person, place, or thing, any noun. Um
0: I shoplift. <laughs> and uh, I just wanna apologize. <laughs> um <laughs> I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> and also, I feel like, you know, the government's stolen so much money from me. <laughs> I might as well just steal from, you know, like Rite Aid or <laughs> Home Depot.
2: <laughs> like like nail polish and chapstick, but like the male version of that? or uh,
0: Yeah, or like I, I, I was in Wawa and I stole... You know, wasabi almonds, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And I stole a a card from uh, Rite Aid for (laughs) my friend's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) I know
1: Angie probably has a lot of questions because she used to be... Pathological shoplifter,
0: really. No,
2: I totally. You're you like, a kleptomaniac, not not. A, I mean, well, I was able to coax it out of her, yeah. Mm. No, I just enjoyed the thrill, yeah. And also it's like, thrilling. You're like, This is a big box store, you, know, yeah. like, you don't steal from an individual, but no. Like, like you I would said, never
0: steal from a mom and pop, I yeah. would never steal from a human person, yeah. I would never rob someone again, <laughs> um. <laughs> I would never, I would never steal from people You're again like on an individual level. I'm a different person. Maybe I'm not a different person because I'm still stealing, and that's not really a good thing to do. But you know, it's—I uh, don't know—it's kind of thrilling sometimes. Yeah. What was the? And the whole world's going to shit, you know. So,
1: what can you do? What's What's the most fun thing you've ever stolen?
0: Huh. I don't know. Um. There's a thrill of getting away with it, which is pretty exciting. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I think
2: my best was I uh, was in like, it was like mittens. I stole mittens. Really? Yeah. You just put them on and walk out? (laughs) Wow. Well,
0: one thing I like to do is when I, whenever I'm on the road, Coming back, whatever airport I'm at, I steal something from my girlfriend. Mm. <laughs> and it's usually socks of the town I'm in. <laughs> so, like, I'll get, like, you know, Minnesota Viking socks at the airport or something like that. Like, I'll yeah. just, I'll steal her, like, a little trinket or something like that. If
2: they ever caught you, I feel mm-hmm. like they could treat, they'd be like, no, exactly. Like, the evidence is all right there. Right? Oh, yeah. It's all in her socks. <laughs> yeah. Just go to her sock
0: drawer and you'll find out where I was for the past year. No, it's, I mean, it's, you can, the air. Airport is very easy to steal from. Oh, that
1: seems scary. It is you know? no, it, it, it's shock. The security is shockingly low. They're almost enticing you to steal. Oh yeah, like I've, bags of chips, yeah. neck pillows. Yeah. It's super easy. It's like you walk into one of those shops in an airport and they just turn their head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's insane. There's so yeah. much
2: security in an airport though. Like outside. I know well. There's so stores. much outside Stop security. security yeah.
1: but, you know, people that are working at a
0: Hudson News aren't yeah. really you know also working security. That's true. You know.
1: Yeah, I'm like I, I'm I'm par- I'm too terrified to steal. But when I go into any airport store, I just like I'm flushed with like sweat and panic because I mm-hmm. feel like I should steal.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's they upcharge you so much. At mm-hmm. an airport too, mm-hmm. you know, a bottle of water is like seven dollars. You're like, what? Yeah. What is this? No, yeah. this is a human right to have water, and I'm going to stand
1: up for my fellow man by stealing yeah. this. <laughs> if it wasn't, if it wasn't that I was, go- if I were to steal from an airport, I would be stealing like the gayest thing. I'd be, it would be parfaits. Those parfaits look delicious. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, good. I've yeah, never yeah. had an airport parfait. parfait. Yeah. <laughs> they're so expensive, but I'm just like, oh my god, can I could steal, steal that.
0: Eyebrow threading kit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's sick. All right, man. So that's another chakra unlocked. That was easy. Yeah. That was so easy. Yeah. Man, I'm glad to know that you still.
0: I apologize to the universe for that. But see, <laughs> I also try to offset that bad karma with good karma. And I like to do things for people or like, you know, I, I always try to, you know, I like volunteer and then I'll, you know, give stuff to homeless people or donate clothes and food. And I get cartons of cigarettes specifically for for homeless people so i have a pack that's for set. myself and i have a homeless pack that i walk around in so when they ask for money i go i don't know you want a cigarette I'm like
1: oh all right
0: or they say no one
1: yeah leer like, at me it's like bitcoin <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah 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 that's uh wow um ansley you want to take the next one? Oh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> when um the I'll, next one yeah, i'll do ahead. it <laughs> yeah, do all you right here also? we you go gotta, like, yeah effect. i like this this is my, I, I like i enjoy this one yeah
1: uh and, and how did you how do you move past disappointment huh and of course this is the third chakra that has to do with confidence and self-esteem mm-hmm. this is located in the gut we're moving up
0: move past disappointment well you got to kind of look at it like a hand in poker if you obsess about your last hand, you're not going to play your next hand. Well, And if you obsess about the hand coming up, you're not going to play the hand you have. You're going to end up losing more. And so your poor hand that you just played is only going to fuck up your future hands. So you just got to go, well, this is a hand I was dealt on this one. Love it or leave it. It happened. Time to move on.
1: Well, I was, the best answer we've gotten. in that. Yeah, so, yeah, I know. I was like, wow, wow that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're such a sage. <laughs> uh, so Came can from you... a lot of pain. <laughs> a lot of disappointment to learn that one. Can, can you remember when you were the most disappointed in yourself or if you have multiple occurrences, you can... I mean,
0: it, it happens all the time. I mean, that's how I... You know, and sometimes I let it hang on and it floats back and then you know a lot of times i i have to i mean like really breathing a lot and recognizing okay i'm feeling this way and just kind of like breathe it out like my therapist taught me this leaves on a stream have you ever heard of that like your thoughts are like leaves floating down a stream when you have obsessive intrusive thoughts or whatever imagine your thoughts are leaves on a stream and put that negative thought on the leaf And watch it flow away down the stream, but when I do it, it's more like um, just like garbage in a storm drain, (laughs) just like (laughs) or like a toilet, just like swirling around, you know, thrashing about, you know, like a tsunami. Yeah, 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 yeah. and and it's just flooding more and more and more, and you know, children are dying. Yeah, (laughs) literally, I've had visions of like a negative thing or person in my head and I close my eye and I'm trying to picture them peacefully floating away and myself going goodbye but what's happening is them swirling thrashing around and me being like get out just
1: leave just leave (laughs) you know it's different for everyone yeah (laughs) yeah I feel like I would be chasing my leaf to make sure that it was faster than other people's leaves hilarious you know yeah it's like my is that a good leaf yeah did I I pick the right leaf yeah (laughs) man that was uh all right so but but like as far as like an individual moment of disappointment that kind of sticks in your mind you don't really they just all blend together for you
0: yeah i mean i've i've spent a lot of time living in regret and everything and it's really gotten me nowhere so i tried when it does come up to just like sometimes i will physically shudder and be like to like shake it out of my head yeah. you know <laughs> like sometimes when i get Around booze, if I smell alcohol, or if I catch myself looking at, I, I'll physically shudder. Like it's it's it still has that visceral reaction to me of like, Ugh. and uh, then I go, okay, I gotta move away from this, you know. And that'll yeah. happen sometimes with my thoughts or feelings, and then I let that happen, and then I move away from it.
2: How it- long has it been since you've uh, stopped drinking?
0: Uh, since twenty fifteen. Oh, wow. wow. But I first tried in 2008. Oh, okay. Mm. And, the, you know, honestly, the the wedding I was at was, you know, I, I, knock on wood, I'm not going to drink. I do not want to drink. My life is incredibly well. it's Things are going incredibly well. And the second I drink, everything goes to shit. So it's I'm not sitting there like, I wish I was. But being around all the people I used to run with mm-hmm. and, you know, my like drug buddies and my drinking buddies and seeing them all blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That it it not like hard, like what was me, but I had to take a lot of smoke breaks. I had to walk away a lot, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, it's funny because my my buddy who was like my running buddy and he kept drinking. I mean, I called him from rehab one time from a pay phone I was like hey man I'm in a rehab and he's like well, who am I gonna get drunk with at the beach now <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh, he wants to quit drinking oh. so how wonderful is that I get to now yeah be of service you're to collecting
1: him. new running buddies yeah yeah that's pretty sick so- yeah so
0: it that that uh was you know there were a couple like shutters when I would like get a whiff of it but you know I again like I know myself I know what to do. It's not a situation where I'm like, my sobriety is threatened. It's yeah. just like, you know, sometimes those memories and thoughts come flooding back. Yeah. What don't, can you do? Don't it's worry life. about
1: the dog barking. It can't be picked up on the microphones for some reason. Oh, but, perfect. Um, so what about when you were a kid, when you were, uh, as far as disappointment is concerned, because I'm, I'm curious about that, considering from eight on, you didn't have a father. Mm-hmm. And a- as a father with a kid, it just seems like... Uh, a lot of a lot of um, like my son dealing with disappointment is easy because he has a dad, mm-hmm. right? D- does that make any sense to you? Yeah. Like, so did you have did you have any overwhelming disappointments that stick in your mind from childhood?
0: Oh, everything. Every day was disappointing because <laughs> I didn't have my best friend. <laughs> yeah, you know, every day sucked, and uh, it's you're constantly thinking that you're disappointing this person because you're told they're with you now forever. (laughs) They're watching you. And so you're like, oh great, they're watching me at my worst. They're watching (laughs) me when I fail. They're watching me, you know, and that started this like weird judgmental thing. that's not real. I put that on there from what I was being told. But my dad in human form did nothing but love me, encourage me, support me, you know, um, encourage me. And uh, in death, that wouldn't change, but my perception changed because then this whole he's with you now for everything made me think he was with me at my worst and judging me and hating me for misbehaving and all this stuff, when in reality, he was still loving me no matter what, mm-hmm. you know? And it took me a long time to realize that. And so I spent a, a, a very, very long time being ashamed and feeling shame for a lot of things very serious things or even very innocuous things like you know you didn't you weren't polite enough or like you didn't mm-hmm. do the you know you didn't hold the door for this person here your dad's mad at you you know so it was like every single moment for over two decades i was thinking in this line of thinking you know yeah can it can we- be like a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about that because, so what from childhood to adulthood changed to help you stop doing that to yourself?
0: Um, Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> it, it made that, those thoughts go away and, and I could drink myself into oblivion and not have to think about that. And then it gave me the emotional courage enough to scream out to him and talk to him and access those emotions and then you know I would do terrible things while drunk feel shame and then have to get drunk again to make it go away and it was this constant cycle of insanity you know
1: you were like Simba talking screaming at the clouds yeah (laughs) Uh uh-huh
0: that's so sick yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. no no it was very by medical definition sick (laughs) (laughs) I was very unwell
1: it is but there's there is something to getting something out of your body mm-hmm. rather, rather than holding, holding it in. Well, that's why to... I
0: feel like crying is so important because it truly releases toxins and this sludge that we have inside of ourselves that you need to like release because we hold all this stuff in and there are different, like, you know, um, valves we open that let steam out. And the best way I feel is to just bleed it all out. Not I'm not saying like, you know, at dinner with your friends or like, you know, <laughs> at an open mic or like fucking on stage, just like, like
1: name it all the time, all the situations you've yeah. done it in. Yeah. Yeah. Or like on a podcast at Concha Hawkins.
0: But I, I do feel like crying is so important and accessing those emotions and like, you know, uh, it, giving yourself the time, space and comfort on your own to cry and tap into that is so important and therapeutic and cathartic. And it's like a, it's like an ayahuasca trip inside your own body. You know, you don't need ayahuasca. You don't need mushrooms. You don't need these things to have this experience, man. I mean, that's a shortcut, but the long, hard road to it is just a lot of, you know, work that can get you there. And then I've had spiritual experiences Without any drugs or alcohol, you know, Mm. I've had experiences of sober body and mind that have been transcendent because I've allowed myself and worked my fucking dick off to get to a point where I can feel these things and access these things emotionally, spiritually, mentally through, you know, different forms of therapy and recovery. And it's great. You know, it's 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 really uh, amazing.
1: That would be also a great excuse for your dick in jail. What? Like no nah, dude, I worked it off trying to get my shit together, dude. I'm like having transcended experiences. That's why I don't have a dick. <laughs> <laughs> don't what? look don't look over here at my dick. <laughs> You're still on the a <laughs> yeah, little <I> <laughs> dick in prison thing. Yeah. That's so funny. I just feel like criminals have big wow. dicks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sydney, when have you felt disappointed? <laughs> Let's access some things inside of you. <laughs>
1: well, that's the chakra unlocked. Yeah. We're going to move on from that. <laughs> All right, the chakra takes
0: place in your penis. <laughs> it probably does for most most people. Yeah. All right, Ansel, you There's look- got to be like a ball chakra of like testosterone,
1: I bet. I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, we might figure that out when we get to the, the Patreon. Mm. <laughs> maybe maybe in the shadow self. Maybe. maybe mm. it's located yeah. in the balls. Mm. In mm. The Definitely testicle. shadowy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nancy, take us away.
2: All right, so this is your heart chakra. Deals mm. with love and compassion. Um, what have you learned from grief?
1: Mm.
0: What have I learned from grief? I mean, there's many different forms of grief. Mm. You can grieve anything, really. You know, um, I guess what I've learned from grief is that, I mean, this is such like a cheesy quote, I guess, but I've recently looked at it in a different way of the idea of this too shall pass in the sense that people always say that when you're going through something tough or a rough time or This, that, the other, you know, like, hey, this is going to get, you're going to get better. It's going to pass. Things will get better. Well, you got to think on the flip side, too, when things are really great, you got to know this is going to pass. Yeah. Which means you got to be prepared for when it goes back on the downside. When you're on the downside, you got to remember, well, I was feeling good before, so this bad thing will pass and I'll feel good again. And not to be like, well, the good thing's going to end, but it's just to makes you almost appreciate it more because it's like, look, like hang on to this. This It's not going to last. So enjoy it. Hang on to it. Keep it in your pocket so that you know when you feel bad, it can come back again. But also when you feel bad, you can realize that this isn't going to be forever either. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one way to like look at grief. I feel, you know,
1: it's brilliant. I mean, the it's, it's the perfect way. And I think that's this, some sort of that answer is pretty common mm-hmm. for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I don't want to make any assumptions, but mm-hmm. is, uh, but I'm going to, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm literally mm-hmm. going to, but the situation, the, the most grief uh, induced situation in your life. Was that the passing of your father? Um, and, and the reason why I asked that is because you were eight and to be able to the older you get, the more things you can take on and grieve.
0: Right. But I mean, like, there are five stages of grief. And when you're eight years old, you're not really processing things in those, you know, um, one, two, three, four, five, one to two, three to two to three, three to four, four to five stages, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, your grief processing and processing in general is, I mean, you're still processing the way I still had baby teeth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I'm still like growing and processing and figure things out. So then to add something that heavy to it, like you're not going to process that as a kid and that comes up later. So you just subconsciously develop these ways of living, these defense mechanisms, these um, like workarounds for dealing with it that then come up later in life. And I mean, this is just for me. I, I don't know, you know, maybe some kids lose someone when they're younger and they really hit it head on. Or, you know, yeah. even like later in life, you, <laughs> something happens and you deal with it. Who knows? There's no like prop. The only thing I've learned is that there's no real uh, rule book for any of this stuff, you know, it's different for everyone, but I will say the stages of grief, recognizing them is, is really important for getting over it. Like, I went through a, a, a wildly abusive and traumatic um, relationship with a person who I, I'm not going to get into it. It was, mm. it was incredibly bad as an adult. It was like the, the worst and hardest year of my entire like adult life. I would put it on par with almost like worse than the other thing. Because yeah. Just yeah, yeah. so psychologically abusing, abusive and manipulative and everything. But in getting over that, I, I, was experiencing these stages of grief you know and like it ve- and it and it, it it almost like i i don't know it it very much I, mean, I don't even know the five stages of grief what are they
1: well i mean i was gonna ask you to answer i mean because like, we we get it we know the we're smart we're super uh, smart and we know them but yeah. we'd rather you yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I dig don't deep and figure
0: out what they are <laughs> I, what is it like um,
2: denial acceptance um, dice, anger, like some, anger yeah
0: rationalization or whatever I don't know in two jack Bros. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no I, I mean I I don't know it's it, it's what what I'm saying is it's it's weird to look at this traumatic event that I went through as an adult and uh, deal with that knowing what grief is and knowing the process and steps of grief and recognize oh I'm feeling angry yeah. mm-hmm. oh you know what? this is because I'm going through this stage of grief. This is actually positive I'm feeling this. Whereas when I was a kid, I was feeling all these different things and I had no fucking clue what they were. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, like in in a way, like dealing with this as an adult, like I I started looking at myself as a kid and I was like, oh, for these years, I was dealing in this stage. I didn't even realize it, you know?
2: Was your mom and dad in a positive relationship when Mm -hmm. he passed? Was it... Is it weird to, or is it, I don't know if weird's the right word, but insightful or interesting to whatever you experienced with your mom as you were a child, and then to look back on it as an adult and like her, however she must have dealt with her grief of that situation?
0: Um, Yeah, I've had to really learn a lot of forgiveness.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like...
0: I, a a very, you know, to, to go, um, back to that word you just said weird, uh, a very weird experience and, um, perspective is that, uh, I just turned 37 Mm -hmm. and, um, my dad died when he was 37 Uh, and not only that, he died 10 days after he turned 37.
2: Yeah.
0: So on that, like 37 and 10 days year old mark for me, Yeah. yeah. It really got wigged out. Yeah, it was I was very
2: friend who lost a mom at eleven and she when she was eleven and she just turned the age her mom yeah. had, like she was having panic attacks. Like it really like yeah. it got in really, her head. really yeah. wigged
0: me out. And uh I had COVID at the same time, so it was oh. just like this like <laughs> What's ding, Bam boom. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's it's just a very strange thing to think about an experience of like you know, like outliving your parent. Yeah, you know. And then, like, I see kids, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, more and more, I see, like, cause, you know, our friends are having kids, and our friends' kids are, like, getting older. And I'm like, whoa, that, I was, that, when that happened, whoa. Yeah. Like, I never really saw it in that way, you know? Yeah. yeah. And also, as a defense mechanism, I really never, uh, I never really looked and was like, you were just a little kid. Like, looking at myself. I never, because it was yeah. just me, and I never, process it that way or thought about it. So like, I've had to like journal to myself as a kid and like keep little pictures of me and my journal with like me and my dad and like write to that kid. And it's, it's like a wild experience. Like, and, and I never ever address it years ago, me and two friends, we worked in a sober living house and we all had the same therapist and she had us do like a group Couple group sessions, and in one of the group sessions, we had to write a letter to our childhood self and like read it. So, my friend did it, and then my other friend, and I froze and was like stuttering and I said, I'm not doing this. I just got up and left. And like, we joke about it now, but it's like, Oh wow. That was like uh really weird. Yeah. 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 Especially since you're but passing I, up stage time. I like, <laughs> yeah. Right. I like yeah. could not look at that kid. Like yeah. he was a, a different human.
2: Yeah. It's
0: weird, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where I went with all that, but it's, it's fucking gnarly to, be that age when something like that happens. Yeah. But in a way, yeah. it's like I always saw my dad as such an old dude. Like he was always so much older. And then when he died, everyone's like, he was so young. And I'm like, yeah, but he was an old guy. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. now I'm 37. And I'm
1: like, am I young or old? I don't know. Yeah. It's all perspective, <laughs> I guess. You yeah. Know? And I get, I mean, not to stay on this too much longer, but I, I kind of what Ansley was asking, it, it piqued my interest a little bit because. Your mom lost a good man, mm-hmm. a support system, mm-hmm. you know, like clearly you lost a father too, but like the luckiness of what your mom had mm-hmm. is rare. right? Mm-hmm. And then like looking back on that, do you feel like, um, how am I asking this question?
2: Well, because you can't understand that when you're young because you don't understand how hard relationships are, right? No, so, yeah. So, like, you can't, like, you can't comprehend, like... No. It's just like, oh, it's a person, you know, like, you yeah. know, like... And then, yeah.
0: Well, that that's the thing. A lot of things happened and were put into place and everything that I just didn't understand as a kid. And, you know, now as an adult, I have so much more, like, empathy and compassion for my mom and, like, understanding, whereas you know a kid growing up i had so much like anger and disdain and you know like we really butted heads for a while but like the sad fact of the matter is she was 40 and she lost her husband and had to raise a lunatic son alone <laughs> you know it was just me and my mom or my yeah. my whole life and yeah. you know she's such a superhero and such an amazing woman and it you know, took it. It took me some time to step back and realize that. Mm. You know, because when you're so in it, you're like, you know, why is she acting this way, yeah. and you yeah. don't understand yeah. it. You know, and then I, I, everything is revealed in time. Like I said it earlier in the podcast. Like you'll understand when you're older. Like yeah. the only thing that can really give you true knowledge is just the slow turning of time. You know.
1: Yeah. That is a heart chakra unlocked. Yes. Mm -hmm. That was, I mean, that kind of beautiful. Yeah. And and it (laughs) it was, and and I did ask you to uh, talk, speak on that a little longer than we typically have a guest Mm -hmm. speak on that, but you were saying such amazing things (laughs) that I felt like these things that you're saying can definitely impact people in in a way that would be helpful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, also too, I just want to say, I feel like, and, and I I don't want to, I, I don't, have all the answers i'm only speaking for my experience whatever but i do feel that like i think what is it the largest um population of like from like 18 to 24 is the largest amount we've ever had currently right like the the amount of people that are between the age of 18 and 24 are the largest percentage that it's ever been in that age group right yeah you don't know anything when you're a young no. kid, you know? Like you need experience. You need things to happen. You you need life to to happen and to be under your belt before you can like really truly understand stuff. Like I understand passion, but so many like young people are like this is the way it is and this and bye-bye and you're like no dude, just yeah. fucking chill out, sit back, relax cuz this is going to get real fucking wild, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like all this shit I thought I knew at fucking you know 18 20 25 whatever is like totally flipped you know and i and i think the only thing that can really do that is like time i mean like really you know listening to the elders and you know the the wisdom of the old i think is and and that's one thing i'm embracing is like the older i get the more i'm like grateful for the knowledge I've I've acquired and the experiences I have where I'm grateful for these terrible things because it's made me who I am rather than looking at it with like anger and why and self-pity and because I I did live that way for a while, Mm -hmm. you know, so I can definitely empathize with that but I feel like the older I've gotten the more I've come to appreciate those things. Not like, you know, I'm so glad it happened but like, yeah, I appreciate it for what it is. It it made me what I am and who I am and how I view things. And for me to still look at it with anger and regret, it's going to get me nowhere, you know? So I don't know. Sorry for that tangent.
1: No, no that's, that's a double heart chakra unlocked. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ansley. Let's go.
2: All right. So this is your throat chakra.
1: Oh, boy. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> what is a favorite reminds of lie? Minds me being back in
2: jail. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is a, your, a favorite lie that you have told? And you get extra karmic points if it's a lie that's still in rotation.
0: Um, favorite lie? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Ooh, boy. Um,
0: I really hate lying. I'm not good at it. I... W- I, I lie I used to lie when I was drinking to like get out of trouble and like whatever, but I I just feel so much shame in lying and hiding. and you know like I can if I tell like one white lie, even if it's inconsequential to like you and your experience, it like weighs on me to the point where it ruins my day. And I'm like, Oh, I'm a piece of shit. Oh, I hate it. So I like hate lying, stealing. I'm right with <laughs> lying. I hate. So I try so hard not to lie and just to be honest and accept the consequences of that. Um, but I will say a big part of, you know, you know, Living in addiction is lying to keep your house of cards together. And uh, one lie. And also, this lie I've made amends for. The people <laughs> are aware of it. Um, it's all been forgiven. It's all good. It could be, when be a good one. <laughs> I was in, I'm pretty pumped about it. Well, it's, it's funny because when I was in college, I um, stopped going to class. I stopped doing everything. I stopped. So I would just sit in my room and drink (laughs) and I got drunk for. So I was a fucking mess, dude. And I lied and went to all my professors and was like, look, I haven't been in class because I went to rehab for drug and alcohol. I sold my books and computer for crack. I am, uh, sober now and I'm doing great. And so they all gave me, I was going to fail out of school. So they all gave me incompletes and said, you have to take an extra semester, complete the courses and we'll retroactively like give you the grades or whatever. So you won't fail out. And I was like, okay. So I did, I legitimately did that. I took an extra semester. I took two semesters of college in one semester while I worked, while I student taught while I was still drinking and doing drugs, and I did it all, and I graduated. And then when I got sober, as a part of the amends process, I went back and like told these professors, like this is what happened, <laughs> this and that. And they were like, um, they were cool with it. They yeah. understood, they were great. But the funny thing is, when I was going to these professors, I was truly drinking. I had told him I was sober, but you know, I didn't drink before I went in and I was kind of shaking a little because I was starting to get early, you know, DTs. And I was like, I think I'm getting like a cold or like the flu or something, yeah. but it played to my bit. Cause I really looked like I'm really blah, blah. But the reality <laughs> is the it funny was, thing is in a year I ended up in rehab anyway. So I was <laughs> in a year I was addicted to drugs In a year, all that shit happened. So it's like, I literally in, uh, it was a lie, but it was almost like a predicted yeah. prediction of the future. Yeah.
1: Wait, so have yeah. you, have you ever done crack?
0: No. No. <laughs> That's
1: hilarious. No. no. no it's like because that is like if I was a teacher, as soon as you say the word crack, I'm like, "All right, you got it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it. What do you do, you well, really dude, do? The, the fucked complete. up thing is like they didn't ask for any proof.
0: They didn't ask for anything. <laughs> Literally, they were like, "All right, we believe you. Now, yeah. they would need this, that, the other, you know, like you could look at your uh, Instagram or like your Facebook <laughs> posts or whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was really me, the wild, wild west, man. <laughs> it was woo, yeah. That's... But I, I righted all those wrongs, and uh, you know, so that it's was just
1: funny to me that you lied about doing crack. <laughs> that's like, it's yeah. hilarious to me. Yeah. I sold my books for crack. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know.
2: Did you plan what you were going to tell them, like rehearse it before you went I in? Or you just like, yeah. <laughs> I
0: kind of winged it. Yeah. I kind of went in there and winged it. Yeah, it sounds
1: like it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dude, I'll never, for one class, we had to like uh, do a some sort of presentation on like a Joyce Carol Oates novel or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so I didn't really prepare and I just went up and did each character. Like I was running a talk show and I had each character on there like... This is who I am. He said this and blah blah, and I improvised all of it, and it crushed. Hell yeah. And the teacher, I'll never forget. She was like, "That was amazing. How, how much of that did did you write?" And so cocky, I was like. I didn't prepare any of that. Oh, no. I just walked in and did it. And she failed me because yeah. <laughs> I didn't do any work for it. But she was so impressed thinking I did all this stuff. And I'm like, I should have just had a little bit of humility. It's just a tad.
1: Yeah. I, that same thing happened to me for a public speaking class. Like I went in and I completely winged a speech mm-hmm. about my, like a, I don't remember what it was, but then afterwards, like stand an ovation from the class. Yeah, yeah, It was, yeah. It was funny. It was yeah. gripping. was everything. And then same exact thing. The teacher asked, "How much of that did you prepare?" And I was just like, "Right, right,
2: me! Right? <laughs> me? Oh that was all get me." Get my degree right now. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna recognize how good I am.
1: Technically, I should be teaching this class. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I, 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 I they, He failed me. Yeah, turns <laughs> out they don't reward bullshit. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> they should though. I mean, I know, right? That's still. a talent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is a talent. Get you through a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that. That is a uh, that is that's a chakra unlocked. Oh, for sure. That's Ooh. a chakra unlocked. And uh, we're gonna. <laughs> you want to do this next one?
2: Yeah. All right. So this is your third eye chakra. Yeah. Oh so boy. so we're out
1: of the physical chakras. We're into mm. the metaphysical. Chakras All right. Now. All right.
2: All right. So um, what is something that you thought was separate, but as you've grown older, maybe gotten wiser, you now mm. see as the same.
0: Hmm. Race and class.
2: <laughs> Just kidding. We're separate. <laughs> anyway, um
0: <laughs> what if what is something I've seen as separate and I realize that they're now whole?
2: Not it could be whole or it could be similar, like like you know, like in the past. Like these two dip- different types of groups of people seemed very different, but you realize, mm. you know, like people extreme on two different ends of the oh. spectrum. But then we all, like, they're just crazy people screaming. You they're know? two mm. sides of the same coin.
1: Yeah. Mm. Now they're.
0: Um, something I saw was very different in the past, but now I see they're more the same. I don't know. I guess, like, the easy answer is like the extremism on the left and the right. Right. You know, they're mm. basically the same in different. Uniforms, yeah, you know,
1: yeah. Like, what what do you see as their similarity now? Um,
0: I mean, I don't know. I would equate.
1: Uh, I I don't know it. Or how about this? It, do you do you, do you want to go to the next question and come back to this one and see if you you might want to have sure, a different sure, answer? Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um. We've done that before and it worked. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's uh, all right, Ansley. Awesome. Go to the last question. This is your
2: crown chakra mm. your connection to the uh, spiritual world. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a two-part question. Yes. So one, is, what is one thing you can't give up, and why? Uh huh. And what would giving it up mean? Ha! <laughs>
0: Woo! <laughs> One thing I can't give up and why cigarettes because I love them and what would it mean if I gave them up I'd have no other addictions. <laughs> <laughs> that is my last my last thing. Yeah. I, and that's my excuse. I'm giving up drugs, I'm giving up booze. Let me just have this but it's like uh, no this is just this is like the other question, what I thought was so different, but it turns out it's the same. yeah, cigarettes and booze.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're both killing me at different rates. Um, <laughs> nah, I mean really i I that's one thing I should give up, and i I just don't think I'm ready for it yet, you know, but it is slowly killing me, but i'm I have such an addictive, I get addicted to everything, yeah, you know, so it's just an excuse for me to keep smoking.
1: Have you tried to quit smoking?
0: In the past, yeah, I tried at the beginning of the pandemic because I was afraid like of the lung thing, mm-hmm. uh, and after fifty days, I was like, "Fuck this, yeah, why are you quitting smoking? It's the hardest point in civilization
1: yeah <laughs> I know? also it's also uh, how do I say this? Because smoking is almost part of your comedic brand,, mm. right like mm-hmm. if I see a picture of Ian fighting us without a cigarette I'm like, where's the cigarette." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. That's like, like, well, I
0: mean, I guess that'll just be the next evolution of me. The, the part of me that quit smoking, you know, cause I'm going to always keep moving forward. No matter if I'm doing this or that or the other, I'll just be who I am then. Yeah. yeah. I don't know? know
2: if it's true or not. Like, I mean, we used to say like, everybody needs a vice. Like right of some sort yes so it's like how do you find a vice that's like not one that's slowly killing you yeah not like destroying your life in some way Well, I was
0: riding a bike i mean i'm obsessive with that but <laughs> <That's>, yeah i <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. but i i hurt my back and now i'm i have a hernia i'm i'm it's looking more and more like i have to get surgery and so i i just haven't Worked out or ridden a bike since October, and somehow my new vice is fucking eating like a fat fucking pig. <laughs> I had meats and cheeses every yeah. night. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yum, yum. Woo <laughs> wee! Combos, almonds, and wasabi <laughs> beans from Wawa—all stolen.
1: It's
2: like two vices in one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's pretty sick. Yeah, pretty sick. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh man. So we'll we'll go back to and just speak on this for a little bit longer. Or let's just try again. But uh so back to the things that are separate that you're now seeing as the same. Um my addictions. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 I, yeah I I you know,
0: whether it's cigarettes, booze, drugs, you know, sex, money, job, exercising, people, um, thoughts, you know, I get addicted to everything. And for me to be like, Oh, well I'm only addicted to that is like fooling myself. So I have to work on myself even harder so that I don't become addicted to one thing or the other. You know, I have to recognize that all these things, no matter what name they have are the same. And they are trying to fill some sort of inadequacy I have inside myself that needs to be focused on more than filling it with X, Y, or Z. Does
2: comedy fall into that? Like, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, I started comedy when I was living in a halfway house in Delaware. You know, I had just gotten sober, and that was like the thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that became my obsession. That became my God. That became my driving force. That became my be all, and all. And that it fucking drove me to drink again. Not because of, um, I'm not doing well or this or that just that I put so much focus in this one thing that I had no existence outside of that, you know? And so like, what, again, one thing I've learned in time through, you know, walking this earth is like balance and put spreading things out evenly rather than just like, I'm putting all my eggs right here. And then this basket, I'll worry about it later. You know, like I have to, and that's a daily struggle is trying to balance everything because I very much I know I'm not the only one, but I very much have the ability and personality of just like putting everything in this one thing or like, and all of it's a distraction from the things I need to do to better myself, you know? So.
1: Yeah. That was yeah. a double chakra unlocked. That was a third eye and a crown chakra unlocked. Mm-hmm. Ian, <laughs> how mm-hmm. do you feel? Are you, do you feel enlightened?
0: That's the end. Yeah. I've, Feel enlightened enough to know I need to go have a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we can do that. You
1: want to? You want to uh, take a cigarette break between this and the Patreon? Yeah, is that all right? Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. And I have to pee. Yeah, yeah, but mostly the cigarette, right? <laughs> yeah, and
0: one is different, one is the same. They're both the same because I'm going to pee and
1: smoke at the same time back.
0: <laughs>
1: awesome, man uh first thank you so much thank you man this is great yeah this is a lot of fun yeah and be sure to donate to the patreon so that you can see what else this guy has left he's such an open book i know what does he have left
0: open me up and read me baby hell yeah (laughs) let me tell you there's a lot of chapters and a lot of volumes
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then uh you can also check out ian's podcast bye guys
0: Yes, bye guys on Gas Digital as well as YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Bye guys podcast. And Soprano's Prima Volta, uh, my Soprano's watch along podcast with Sam Roberts, available at not sam He's seen Sopranos like 10 times. I've never seen it. Oh nice. So we're watching it together and I am becoming more and more Italian. Dude, I've, I've been
1: watching this happen. Yes. On social media, yes. yes. <laughs> Dude, it is hilarious. Yes. Yes. I bought this thing. watch
0: yesterday. Dude, the wedding was in Philly at the Crystal Tea Room. Yeah. Do you know that yeah. place? Yeah. Uh, on the ninth floor of a Macy's. Nice. I bought this watch at the Macy's on the way up so I could look <laughs> more Italian. <laughs> Woo! That is
1: awesome. Hey. <laughs> yes. And, of course, nice. follow Ian on all of the social medias.
0: Oh, my man. Yep. iAnimal69. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, dude, the yes. best
1: name. Thank yeah. you. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it he says it I animal, but it's Ianimal. Ianimal, <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. I say yeah. I animal so people know how to spell it, exactly. but it's Ianimal, yeah. Dude, it's the yeah. best. Nice. The best. Yeah. Right? Yep. Easiest to remember. I never have a hard time my remembering man. that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thank you so much for all the support. Donate to the Patreon so you can see what else we got going on with this guy. We are out. See ya. Thank you. To Jack Rose. To Jack Rose.